Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. The wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. I mean, he's absolutely overwhelmed at the wars and the bloodshed and all that's going to go on. And God is simply saying, this life is about suffering. Look what Jesus suffered. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. This life will have struggles. That's guaranteed. As Pastor Ed reminds us today, we will run into opposition as we do our best to live a God glorifying life in a world filled with evil and destruction. However, There is one example that we can turn to when we find ourselves in the midst of difficulties. Jesus. He too lived a life oppressed by the world. Yet through it all, he honored his Father with his actions and words. We are asked to live a similar lifestyle, exalting God even when the world is against us. Now here's Pastor Ed with part one of today's message entitled, Get Up and Keep On Keeping On. This is the last chapter. What an incredible chapter. God ends this chapter with a word to Daniel and a word to you and me. It's like God says to Daniel, get up and keep on keeping on. I'm going to read just one of the verses, but... I'll give you the gist of verses 6 to 9. Daniel has this vision again in chapter 12, and Daniel is wondering, when is the end of all things going to happen? All of these visions about kingdoms rising and falling and kings coming and going and a vision of the final day of the Antichrist and of Armageddon, and, and he's wondering, when, is all these, when are all these things going to happen? He says in verse 9, I heard, but I did not understand. So I asked my Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? He replied, go your way, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. In other words, Daniel, you're not going to understand it all. Now, if Daniel, who received the vision and had this revelation from God, didn't understand it all, don't be disappointed if you go to the book and say, I'm not quite sure what he's saying. Because prophecy is that way. The Old Testament prophets predicted the future, and they didn't always or fully understand what they were communicating. You know, you have a a picture of the Messiah when he comes. He's going to come in clouds of glory, and he's going to come riding on a donkey. And humility. How do you put all of that together? And so at the first coming of Jesus, they struggled. How did this all fit together? It's not until the moments when things unfold do you have that aha moment. 
Ah, yeah, I see it. That's what the Word was saying. That's what God was saying. Listen to the last verse of chapter 12. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. What an ending. What a powerful word. Now, remember, Daniel's about 90 years old. We meet him when he's a teenager. And he goes through one difficulty after another. He's taken from Jerusalem, taken from Israel. He's brought into exile as a captive. Uh, But you see that God gives him favor. But you see him tested and tried. God lifts him up. People upset with him and they want to destroy him. He watches governments come and go. All sorts of things happen in his life. And here he is now at 90 years of age, and God gives him this incredible revelation of the unfolding of history, and he shows him the final days concerning the battle in Armageddon. And he sees one vision after another, one picture after another, and it's absolutely overwhelming. I mean, if we think Hitler was bad, and he was, imagine what Antichrist is going to be like. I mean, he is called the beast in the book of Revelation. He's Satan, in a sense, incarnates him. It's going to be a time of horrendous loss of life and war and bloodshed. And Daniel's seen all of that. And I can imagine he feels weak in his knees and he feels like, oh, how am I going to go on? And then God says to him, it's get up, in a sense. Go your way. Go your way. I'm reminded of that song especially the chorus of God leads his children along. The chorus is some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood, some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. God was saying to Daniel, Daniel, I want you to realize what this journey is about this journey of faith, and you have to go forward. The first thing that I want you just to see from this text is the journey of faith is about suffering. It's about suffering. In verse 10 of chapter 12, many will be purified. He's speaking about the great tribulation and all of the trials that they're going to experience, the Jewish people. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials. But the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. Only those who were wise will know what it means. I mean, he's absolutely overwhelmed at the wars and the bloodshed and all that's going to go on. And God is simply saying, This life is about suffering. Look what Jesus suffered. And then look what he told us. 
follow me. As he was in the world, so are we. But you could see the pressure that God puts even on his people. If you look at verse 7 of chapter 12 in Daniel, it says this. I'm only going to read a portion of it. But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end when many will rush here and there and knowledge will increase. And he goes on and he's speaking about the end when the shattering of the holy people has finally come to an end. And all these things will have happened. He's speaking about an incredible increase of knowledge. Isaac Newton read this passage of scripture and he says, you know, I believe this is referring to the very last days. And he goes on to say, men may be traveling incredible speeds, going from country to country, 50 miles an hour or more. And Voltaire read that, what Isaac Newton said, and he criticized Isaac Newton. He says, see what the Bible could do to you? (laughs) Make you think crazy thoughts. Well, you go on a spaceship today, you're an astronaut, you're going to go 18,000 miles an hour, not 50 miles an hour. I mean, you, you think about trains and you think about planes, three hours from New York to Paris. Incredible. Well, he has this revelation of what's happening when many will rush here and they're just going, traveling, and knowledge will increase. I think about all the books I have in my house, my wife keeps on wanting me to give them away because I have all of that and more on my computer. (laughs) But I'm so used to paper. You have whole libraries on a CD-ROM or a DVD. Amazing knowledge is increasing. Just Put in a search in Google, on Google on some subject and, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of uh, references and connections come on information. It's, it's absolutely amazing. But let me ask you, with all the knowledge that's increasing, with all we know about sociology and anthropology and psychology, Bible tells us that things are going to get worse. Everything is leading to a climatic war, the war of Armageddon. The problem is more than just knowledge. The problem is we live in a fallen world with a fallen nature. And we're going to see wars and rumors of wars throughout history. Look at this last verse He says, when the shattering of the holy people has finally come to an end. Think about how God has again disciplined his people, the Jewish people, and even believers, all that they've gone through. And you sometimes wonder why, but he's talking about Israel, especially here. They're going to experience a breaking during the time of the Antichrist. Why? so that they will cry out in repentance and recognize Jesus as their Messiah. There's something about brokenness 
and suffering that helps us to look to God. Now, it says the wicked, will you be wicked? And that's what he's asking, or will you be wise? Will you be wicked? In verse 10, again, many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials, but the wicked will continue in their wickedness. In other words, if you look at the tribulation period, you see that they don't repent when God sends judgment. You look at wickedness as it increases in our nation, more and more people get on the bandwagon. More and more people shake their fist towards God. Wickedness increases. In Revelation 22.11, the last chapter of the last book of the Bible, let him who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let whom is vile continue to be vile. Let him who does right continue to do right. And let him who is holy continue to be holy. You see this attitude where suffering and the tragedies and the things that happen because man goes away from God. It turns the humble, the child of God, back to God. But it hardens the heart of the person who refuses to follow God. You look at the trouble in our world, the trouble in our nation. Instead of it bringing us to our knees, it creates anger in people who refuse to serve God and they just turn against Christians. Isn't that true? You see... Will you be wicked, he asks the question, or will you be wise? Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials. Only those who are wise will know what it means. What happens is as you go through your trials, you say, oh, man, I'm going through this. I can't lean on the arm of flesh. Hello? I can't trust in what everybody else trusts in. My trust is in God. Boy, life is frail. Lord, teach me to number my days so I might apply my heart to wisdom. See, when the trial comes to the believer, it refines him. It purifies him. It develops her. It sanctifies her. When the trials come to the wicked, they just angry with God. Think about in the book of Daniel. The trials come. Will Daniel and his friends defile themselves with the king's food? No, they're not going to do it. And so their faith is tested, and God meets them. Will they worship the image made of gold? No, even if they have to go into the fiery furnace. So we won't worship the gods that our nation worships. We won't worship the gods that our nation bows down to. We'll worship the Lord and him alone. Even if it means being thrown in a lion's den. Even if it means being in the fiery furnace of life. See, what is being communicated in this book is that in the midst of trials and trouble, we open our windows towards heavenly Jerusalem and we pray daily to the Lord and we look to him from whence cometh our help. 
I like the way 1 Peter puts it. And here's the English Standard Version, 1 Peter chapter 4, 1 to 2. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. Every trial traced upon our dial by the Son of Love. The journey of faith. They're suffering, Daniel. Daniel, get up. Keep on going, Daniel. Keep on going, Daniel. The journey of faith is about your salvation. It's about your salvation. Many, isn't this a powerful verse? Tucked there in the Old Testament. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful verses describing the last day for the believer. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting disgrace. There's a resurrection coming. Daniel, there's the end of the days. It's going to come. And there's going to be a resurrection, some raised to life, some raised to disgrace and judgment eternal. In verse 1, they talk about a book. In verse 1 of chapter 12, it says, But at the time your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. I remember some of the old hymns that we used to sing and Uh, There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, and it's mine. I forget how it goes, but I know that was part of it. I'm grateful that my name's written in the book of life. Are you grateful that your name is written in the book of life? Amen. In Revelation 10, 15, and 21, 7, it talks about that book. You see these parallels between Daniel and Revelation. They go together. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. And then in Revelation 22, 27, nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Our names could be written in that book of life when we accept Christ and we believe that Jesus died on the cross for us. There is a real heaven. There is a real hell. So much of our preaching, and, and I'm not speaking against necessarily this, but I don't think we're balanced. So much of our preaching is dealing with how do you get through tomorrow? How do you get through today? And that's surely important. But it leaves out that there's tomorrow's tomorrow, which is heaven. And there's hell. And you can't avoid suffering in this world. If the Savior didn't, and the apostles didn't, and his followers didn't, we're not certainly going to if we're going to follow him. It's about suffering. It's about salvation. 
The most important thing in all of life is not that your son or daughter graduates from Princeton or Harvard or Yale or wherever. It's not that they have a six-paying income. It's it, figure income. It's not that you accomplish notoriety. It's that your name's written in the book of life. Hallelujah. The question that we have to ask ourselves, if our name is written there, will it remain there? I'm just reminding you we're Arminian in theology. (laughs) It's in the book. It's in the Bible. Will your name remain in the book? The Lord is speaking to Moses. Moses uh, has come down. The people are sinning, and God's going to destroy them all. And and Moses says, listen, take my name out of your book if you're going to destroy them. And, And God responds to him in this way. He says, the Lord replied to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. Think of that. And Ezekiel gives more insight even to that passage of Scripture. In Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 24 and 26, but if a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits sin and does the same detestable things that the wicked man does, will he live? None of the righteous things he has done will be remembered because of the unfaithfulness he is guilty of and because of the sins he has committed, he will die. If a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits sin, he will die for it. Because of the sin he has committed, he will die. What Ezekiel is saying, what God is saying, is that if a person turns their back on God, well, now you don't have to do that. You could still go to church and still live the way you want to live. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. God's law is eternal, and his word is true. If we follow him, we're going to have to follow his word. No matter what the culture says, and no matter what those in high places may say, God says, here's my law, here's righteousness, here's holiness. Now, we're not saved by good works, we're not saved by our own efforts, but... If we just say we're going to live in the pig pen the way we want to live, you're not headed in the right direction. And God, in his word, he warns in Revelation 3, 5, he who overcomes will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot his name from the book of life. That's God's promise. That's God's promise. In First. Peter 1.9, it says, the goal of your faith is the salvation of your souls. Now, I, I wish I had another five minutes because I'm coming to the shouting part. <laughs> the journey of faith is really not just about suffering, not just about salvation, but it's about service. This verse is so Beautiful. Verse 13 again. As for you, go your way till the end. Now, I just have this image of my mind. Maybe Daniel will be like Ed Cole. Ed Cole is a member of our church. He, turns a, he turned 100 years of age this year. He drives on his own. He walks around on his own. He, he thinks 
clear. Uh, maybe Daniel was like that. And so, so Daniel's 90 years old or thereabouts. And God just says, go ahead, Daniel, get on your way. And Daniel just begins to realize, I got to live. You must live. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's series in the book of Daniel. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There, you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your Word Restore